Are you looking to buy your first home or refinance your existing loan? Even if you've done this before, the process can be a little intimidating. But don't worry, we've got your back. In each episode, we'll chat with industry experts and explain everything you need to know so that you can land the perfect loan for you with no problems, no issues, and no stress. Welcome to A Beginner's Guide to Mortgages, presented by Animac Full Mortgage. Hello again, everyone, and welcome. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us. And we've got a really, really, really helpful episode for you this time out. We're going to talk about something that um, I, I know personally is one of the biggest challenges that a, a potential home buyer can face, especially these days, uh, especially at a time when a lot of people are looking for homes. How do you set yourself apart? How do you stand out from the pack? How do you get the dream home you want? We're going to talk about this and so much more this week. Um, and we've got a very special guest, Veronica. Please introduce yourself and tell us exactly um, who you are and what your experience is with this topic in this industry. Hi, Jerry. Um, my name is Veronica Santosi. I am a real estate agent. I work for Weikert Realtors in the Burlington office, and I've been there since 2016. And, um, you know, I'm here to help buyers uh, find their dream home. And, um, you know, we'll go from there. Okay, I'm lost. <laughs> no, it's, it's we're, we're doing fine. Um, so the reason I wanted you on here, Veronica, you know, you and I have worked together before. Um, and I want to share my experience a little bit, which is something I haven't done yet on the show. Um, I am a recent home buyer as of this year, and you helped me make that happen. So I know I've thanked you many times, but thank you again, because I'm enjoying it, <laughs> the living here. Uh, and um, I, I, I know that one thing that people are struggling with these days is the fact that you know, due to things going on out in the world, due to, you know, changes in priorities, due to so many different things out there, people want homes and there aren't enough homes for people to have. So the competition is high. Uh, the, the market value of homes are rising. Uh, it, it's essentially one giant bidding war out there, or at least it has been lately. And it will be again, uh, because this is a, a cyclical business by nature. Um, but that was a big challenge for me. And, um, as I told you in the past, you know, I'd been working uh, with an agent for some time to look for a home as part of my search. And what I found was an agent who had a style that was very laid back, very, uh, I guess, practical and productive for him and for it, maybe more so for a casual, uh, home seeker, so to speak. Um, we spent months working together, looking for homes, and uh, it it just wasn't working out. Uh, nothing was happening. I'd make offers on about a half a dozen different homes uh, that I lost out on each and every time. Mm -hmm. And it just simply was not a good plan, a good strategy. And then you and I met, I believe I went to check out a rental property that you were showing. And I realized instantly that through talking to you just for a few minutes, that there was another approach. There was another way 
that was more attuned to the style and sort of the uh, the time sensitivity that I had in my search. And so you and I began working together and then my fortunes changed. So that brings me to my first topic, Veronica. How important do you think it is uh, for someone who wants to achieve that goal of getting the home they want in the time they want, how important is it to find the right agent to work with? Actually, it's very important. You have to be on the same page. You have to have shared expectations. So, you know, if you say, I want to find a house within X period, you know, X amount of time, you have to start working. You have to work fast. And in this climate right now, the as soon as these houses come on the market, I just had two this past week. The first day they were on the market, I had offers on two that just wow. came on the market. Um, I also had one listed that the first day I had on the market, I had four offers, four offers. So you have to work fast and you have to have the best offer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, 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 it's a race every single time, every okay. single day. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I think that finding someone who is attuned to that time sensitivity, you know, as we said, it's just so important because once you and I started working together and you understood my situation and why I needed to find a place to live and how soon I wanted to find a place to live, but also what I was looking for, it all came together because we were able to focus on those things. Uh, that leads me to what I think is one of the, maybe the next biggest, most important thing you can do if you're on the hunt. And that is to understand exactly what you need in a home and then on a bit of a lower level, what you want in a home, what the difference is between a must have and maybe something that's a bit negotiable in your mind. And at the same time, you have to understand your budget limit. So the question is, can you get those things within the amount of money that you are able to spend on this home? How, how hard is it, do you think? for people to get all of that together in their head before they start their home search? Because I'm sure some people kind of change their priorities as they, as they move along. Correct, correct. So that's why the buyer consultation is so important because a lot of times people don't really sit down and think about those, um, those issues until you present them to them. And then once you present them to, to them, then they start thinking about them. And then once you have it all written down and you've agreed on exactly what they're looking for, what area, the dollar amount, uh, the beds, the baths, are they willing to do um, some minor cosmetic um, updates or do they want to move in ready? There's a lot of different things that you want to ask them, you want to feel them out. And then once you've decided on your starting point, because what you start looking for in the beginning may change once they see what is out there, mm -hmm. but at least you need somewhere to start. Absolutely. And, and along mm -hmm. those lines and along those lines, um, a lot of things come to the surface, I think, as you go on. And I'd love to know your experience with dealing with home shoppers 
who become more and more okay with the idea of doing not maybe not even necessarily minor cosmetic repairs as you mentioned but maybe even more uh, deep more costly repairs if it pans out in the price of the home if they can find something that's a lot cheaper than what they're looking for are they willing to you know put in a central air system or or fix a major plumbing issue uh, are these compromises that people are willing to to consider especially with the market as tight as it is so they are but at the same time they need to have a really good relationship with their lender to see if their type of financing they would be able to do that so some of the things that a conventional buyer can do versus an FHA buyer can do. Yeah. And of course, you know, renovation loans, construction loans, um, you know, speaking from the perspective of any Mac, of course, a wide variety of those available and constantly evolving. And I think more and more people are flocking to that sort of situation, trying to get creative in a way to get to the home that they want, even though it's not necessarily in the state they want it in at the time that they buy it. Mm -hmm. Correct. Correct. Um, you're very, yeah. Go ahead. No, go on. No, you're you're exactly right. And a lot of times, people, um, if they don't have that conversation with their lender, then they may think that, hey, I'm going to go in, I'm going to fix all this up, and then they finally find a house and go to the appraisal, you know, portion of their loan, and they realize that that is not an option. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's why wasted, you know, that much time for the seller, the buyer, you know, and the lender. So once we do the buyer consultation, I also do reach out to the lender just to go over a couple points, just to make sure that um, exactly how much they would need to put down or, or more exactly how much they have to put down whether they need seller concessions, if they can do without seller concessions to make it a stronger offer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all, all things that uh, are definitely touch points that we hit during, during my home search and uh, you know things that we should definitely talk about here on this podcast. Uh, you mentioned the highest down payment possible. Uh, that's a big thing because not only does... You know, not only is that a good financial situation for for everybody, for the seller, for everything, to know that you're putting more money down, um, and of course for the lender, but to just to show a, a level of seriousness um, right. about your desire to to buy the property. Um, there's so many, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like with so many people snapping up houses more quickly. Uh, these days, I feel like the risk is higher than ever for people to flake out or to fall out financially or for things to just not work out because of a credit issue. Uh, and, you know, from a personal perspective, the entire reason that you were able to help me find a home is because there were people who had play, uh, placed an offer and had it accepted and were on track to buy. And then something happened financially uh, and they were not able to buy the home. And it was lucky for me, unlucky for them. But this seems like something that's happening all over the place, right? It does. You really want your um, buyer to be in a position 
where you know exactly what they have. You, you wanna know what type of lending they have. So when you're walking through houses, you can say, um, if it's a as is house and you have an FHA buyer, this is not gonna work, okay? Be, you know, because the seller is not going to fix certain things. So you really need to have the communication with both buyer and lender to make sure that the houses that you're looking at, you're able to actually put offers on and complete the whole transaction. Um, you, you know, you want your offer that you make, you know, you just think about it. You're probably one of many offers. Sure. So you need that offer to be as strong as possible. So you want to think about stuff. Uh, you, the issues you want to think about is putting the most money down. You know, the largest earnest deposit you can. It, that goes towards your purchase price at closing. So it's not like you're losing it. It's just being held somewhere. And then if something doesn't work out during the inspection period, during the lending process, you do get that money back. Yeah. The only time you would not you know, get that money back is if you decided, I just don't want the property. Mm -hmm. There has to be a reason for you to, to get that back. Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, it's really just more than a sign of good faith, but a sign of commitment, a sign that you're doubling down on this property. You're interested. You want to make it work. And that's what a seller wants to know, especially if a seller is in a position where they need to sell and maybe they need to sell uh, within a certain time frame. I remember with my situation, <laughs> I say I remember like it was 20 years ago. It was like last month. Um, but I remember that, um, you know, one big issue as far as the offer that I was able to make was communicating the fact that in my situation, I was moving out of a home. I didn't have a home that I needed to sell. Uh, so that paved the way potentially for a quicker closing, which we were able to make happen. And that was an enticement to the seller. They, they wanted to make that happen as quickly as we did. Uh, what other things can people do to simplify the closing or to make it an attractive closing situation for a seller to kind of make themselves stand out? So when you make your offer, you can offer an appraisal gap coverage. So if the house, because there's multiple offers, sometimes the prices get a little high. And then when the property goes to appraise, it doesn't appraise at that amount. Mm -hmm. It's like you get a bidding war and people are bidding higher and higher and higher. And the agents know that if the house does not appraise, then the buyer does not get the lending. So what you could do is you could do an appraisal gap coverage in your offer. So say if you offered 150 and the house came in at 145, you could offer an appraisal gap coverage of appraisal price plus $1,000 or $2,000. This way, when you get the appraisal, when the buyer gets the appraisal and they see that the property has not appraised, of course, they will have to go back into negotiations with the seller. They are offering to pay $1,000 over the appraisal price or $2,000. Now, granted, 
the buyer has to have these funds available to them. Okay. Sure. Uh, but that is an incentive by saying, you know, the seller is seeing all these numbers go up and up and up, but their agent is telling them this, these aren't cash offers. They have to appraise. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that kind of, well, that is one tool that you can use to get your offer, you know, towards the top of the list. Then you can increase your earnest money deposit, which we already talked about. You can also shorten your inspection period. Um, usually they're 14 days. You could bring it down to 10 days. You can bring it down to four and five days to have your home inspection, termite, and your radon inspection. And the incentive to this to, for the buyer is if, um, you know, it will be discovered quicker if there's a reason for them not to buy the property. And for the seller, they will also be able to get the property on the market quicker if the deal falls through. Mm. So that's very enticing to a seller because, you know, they're worried about the completion of the transaction when they go under contract with a buyer. Is the buyer going to be able to perform? Will this come to a close? Correct? Mm -hmm. And sure. then by shortening the inspection period, they will know sooner if it's not going to work out with the inspection. Yeah. Um, you could also not ask for seller concession, which is helping with your closing costs because some people are cash poor. They need that money to be able to finance that money over the period of their mortgage. But if you don't ask for it, that's more of an incentive, of course, to the seller because they get more money for their property. Um, another thing to do is don't ask for any property that's in the house. A lot of people are, are like, I love the, you know, the chandelier that they already said that they were taken. They're, they're offering this price, closing in this many days, but they want that chandelier. Leave the personal items alone. Don't ask for the, you know, the patio furniture in the back. Don't ask for that. Just let it go. Um, because, you know, another offer for the same amount might be coming in and they're not asking for anything. Yeah. Okay. So you're in competition there. Another thing, write a letter. Tell them how much you love the property. Thank them for taking such good care of it. Let them know a little bit about you. Throw a picture of your family in the letter. It makes you more of a person than a number on a piece of paper. That's exactly what I did at your advice. And that's, you know, that's the type of thing that I think some agents, um, are more attuned to that style of let's really focus on each and every offer that we do and try to make it special and really kind of work it almost in a, I mean, I, I'm not going to put words into your mouth, but it feels almost like a salesman like fashion in trying to really kind of get in front of these things. Whereas I think other agents have the style of let's just work each offer. Let's play the numbers and <laughs> let's see, let's just go with this, with the raw data Mm -hmm. and see what's what gets accepted and what doesn't and maybe that maybe that works 
in a situation where there's not a time sensitivity. And then it's just, you know, nobody really wants to spend a lot of time on the offers. Just let's throw an offer out there and see what happens. Um, but for someone who's really intent on grabbing that home that they want and doing it soon, uh, you know, I think a lot of these things you're suggesting are really powerful tools. Uh, you mentioned the letter. Uh, one other thing that I wanted to mention is being available. And it seems so simple and it seems so paramount to the, to the process. But, you know, there's a lot of people who just don't have time for this thing. They don't have time to jump around. You know, I don't know what the home buying process would have been like, to be honest, for me, if this was not a year, I'll timestamp it during a pandemic where we have been working from home remotely, uh, you know, from a commute perspective, that gave me back two hours of my day. And it allowed me the opportunity to see a lot of homes uh, that otherwise would have had to wait till the weekend. And I may have missed out on entirely for that reasons. Do you see a lot of that? Like, do you feel like the people who are, are available and ready to meet uh, at any time are the ones who have the advantage? Oh, most definitely. Yes. Yeah. It just, uh, you, you have to be, you have to get there first. You have to get that offer in as, you know, as soon as you can, as soon as it comes on the market, you need to go see it. If it's for you, you want to put that offer in. You want to work as fast as you can. And in order to work as fast as you can, you have to know exactly what you're working with. But it, it makes a big difference. You need a, a buyer who is ready to jump, you know, uh, you know, as soon as they are available to go see it. Because if you wait, it will be gone. Yeah, yeah that, I, that's a I lesson I think a lot of us are learning these yeah. days. It's very upsetting when you send a list of properties to a client and they say, oh, I'll get to it on the weekend. And you're like, don't wait because they will, they may not be there. Yeah. And then they, they reach out to you that night, go plan on seeing it the next day. And guess what? Two of them are under contract. I sent five. Mm -hmm. That's how fast they're, they're just going. And that's, um, not, yeah, I, I, th I think that plays into the, the, the agent that you choose to work with as well, because a lot of agents are of that part-time schedule or just the availability where, okay, we'll, we'll list all the houses you want this week and we'll go see them all on the weekend uh, and, you know, maybe that is attuned to some of your schedules and maybe it's not, but if you are available and you want to jump on things in a quicker fashion, you're going to want to work with an agent who has that same availability. Right. Yeah. You need someone that's flexible enough to, um, you know, even if it's the third client that they've been with that evening to still get to see, even if you're seeing it in the dark, which I never like to do, you know, when winter comes, it's very, um, upsetting when you can't see the outside of the house so you see the inside while you can and then you tell your buyer swing back around um you know before you go to work or at your lunch to to look on the outside of the house um but yes you have to be flexible and you have to be willing to to you know jump at a moment's notice if there's a house that you're available to get into Absolutely. And, they, you know, these are great tips, not even in the middle of a situation where, you know, the housing market is going crazy and demand is at an all time high. And, you know, really any time 
these are good practices to keep in mind uh, if you're really going for a house that you're intent on uh, on on getting uh, because you don't want to lose out because you didn't take that extra bit of time to think things through ahead of time or to write that letter or to set yourself apart and communicate perhaps the situation that you can offer them to communicate the fact that you can be a quick close and that you can be the buyer that makes life simple for the seller. Sometimes it's just taking the time to say, Hey, this is who I am. And this is the situation that can come if I buy, if you let me buy your house. And I think that's, that's what you do best Veronica is, is show people exactly what your clients can bring to the table. I try. I try. I, I really um, enjoy it when we're at the closing table, you know, everything that we've gone through to get there, it's all worth it. Um, it you know, in a, even if it doesn't pan out, I know it will on the next one. Do you know what I mean? It's, um, it's very, it's very re rewarding to find someone find that house. And that's yeah. another thing. You don't always find it on the first house that you look at, maybe not even the second or the third. You just have to keep looking, keep searching and you'll find it. So patience also, I know, you know, some agents are, they get a little upset when they have to see multiple houses, but you have to remember that buyer is committing to 30 year, a 30 year mortgage. That's a long time. It's a large investment. Just for some people, it's the largest investment they'll ever make in their life. So if you, if you're not 100% sure on this house, okay, we're just going to continue searching. Yeah. And, and from the perspective of the buyer, you know, I, I think that, the biggest lesson that I learned in my process in trying to find a house all those months, finally doing it, getting through the closing, the biggest thing I've learned is to try to find a way to feel empowered in the process. Because certainly uh, before we started working together, it became a situation where I just felt very frustrated and powerless because I was making offers. I didn't have any any avenue for input or, you know, there was no suggestion of writing letters or anything like that. It was just how much do you want to offer? And then you wait a day, maybe you wait two days, maybe you wait a week. Um, and you hear something when they want you to hear something. And it just became a no again and again and again. You don't know why. You don't know what could have possibly put you over the top. You don't get a second chance to offer. It's just gone, especially when things move so fast. So, I think, uh, you know, working with someone, you know, as we work together to buy my current home, who can remind you to stay positive and remind you good things are coming and to remind you that really it's your decision. You know, Correct. the buyer, the buyer has a lot of power. They decide what they can offer. They decided what houses they want to put an offer on. So uh, it doesn't have to be that different than going grocery shopping. You can go buy and seek out what you want and just put yourself in, a be in the best position to make it your new home. Correct. You, that was very well said. Thank you. <laughs> I learned from the master, the sensei. Um, so I, I think this was a really great conversation, a great overview for people who may not 
necessarily know exactly what they're walking into because I didn't. I thought I'd be able to buy a house within a couple of weeks and be done with it. But um, there are certainly times where it's a lot more challenging than that. But it's just a matter of keeping these things in mind and being up to the challenge. Uh, any final thoughts or final advice that you can give someone just considering to start looking for a home today? Um, I would interview agents. I would ask them um, to go through the buying process with you so they could explain it. So you would know where you're at every step of the way and um, go with someone that you feel comfortable asking questions to. This isn't something that you do every day. This is something that you'll do a couple times in your lifetime and it's usually spread out over many years. Um, things change and there's a lot of different lingo um, that is involved in a real estate transaction. And since you don't do this every day, you may have to ask the same question twice and you should feel comfortable doing that. And your agent should feel um, glad that you're asking um, because part of our job is to make our clients feel um, empowered, you know, buying a house, but feel comfortable. You know, it's a very positive, uh, uplifting time in someone's life and you wanna make it the best that you can for them and um, having them feel comfortable with everything that's going on and where they're at in the transaction and what is coming next should be something that real estate agents should just automatically give to their clients. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you know, you're know, you certainly someone who can show them how it's done and uh, you showed us all how it's done here this, this week. So thank you so much for being on the show, Veronica. It was great to talk to you. Well, thank you, Jerry. Thanks to everyone listening to this episode this week. I hope you got a lot out of it. Uh, and uh, make sure to check us out next time on the next episode of A Beginner's Guide to Mortgages.